Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Shots fired, shots fired. All units, please respond. podcast. Be a part of the conversation as industry insiders, genre lovers, and cinephiles dare to peek beyond the curtains of imagination and dive into the art of cinema. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. Now here's your host, Armand Haddad. Aaron. Yes. Allie. Yes. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We gathered once again. For the holiday party, the yearly holiday party that we throw. Mm -hmm. Clink, clink, clink. We have some 2017 Pinot Noir in our hands. Yeah. That was so nice. That was so nice. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. 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 You should go into Foley work. Mm. Now that's a good wine. Mm, The pre-war shit. Yes. So, What are we drinking? 2017 Anaba? I think it's an Anaba. 2017, right from Napa Valley. Ooh. We also got some nog. We got some nog that you made. I decimated my nog. (laughs) It was good. Yeah, not bad. It's so good. We gathered today because... It was like a funeral. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Last year, we talked about um, Violent Night. Yes. Allie, you didn't see it. That's... (laughs) And now we're talking about Silent Night this year. I saw it. Which was Aaron's recommendation. Yes. So before we really get into the movie, because I have a lot to say about this movie. Oh. And you were so worried. I was worried about a lot of things. Why did you choose Silent Night? Well, uh, we were tossing around some ideas. Um, You recommended a movie. Yeah. Some Swedish. Rare exotics. Yeah. And um, where they capture Santa Claus, he's trying to kill everybody. Right. And we also considered Silent Night, Deadly Night, part two. Yes. 
Um, Garbage day. And then I heard about this movie, Silent Night. And what stood out to me was it's John Woo's first American movie in like 20 years. Uh, so I was like, guys, we got to watch this. It's going to be great. I whole, trusted you. Whole movie, not a single line of dialogue, all killer, no filler. And then we saw it. This is great in theory, but the actual execution of 90 minutes of a silent film, that's all action. It just did not land for me, Aaron. I'm so sorry. Yeah. you sent, Well, you sent me that IndieWire review of that one guy who hated it. Gave yeah. it like a D minus. I was like, oh, no. I think it's a solid B plus. Okay. Okay. I think it's a 6.6. 6. That doesn't really, 6. maybe that's a C. I don't know. I don't know what scale that works on, but like. It's all made up. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> the, what is it? The rules don't matter. Point, no, points don't matter. Yeah. Rules matter. Uh, I, I had a mixed reaction to this. Oh, my God. I say as a, as a John Woo fan. Okay. So you're, you're the John Woo fan. Yes. I'm not a John Woo fan. Ali is not a John Woo fan. Is this a John Woo movie? It is. Um, and, and maybe maybe giving a little background on like who he is and what his movies are known who is for John Woo? Might, might help. Um, so John Woo, he got his start in Hong Kong. And uh, he worked for the Shaw Brothers studio, which uh, I believe at the time was like the largest movie studio that they had. Wow. Um, and they, this was like in the 70s into the 80s mm. and they were they were known as like a big kung fu studio uh so he was like a assistant director there and they basically got a bunch of people from like the circus ballet theater circuit as well as like these martial artists and they more or less started the kung fu craze in in movies at the time um and then john woo he was getting frustrated with the working environment there, creative limitations. So he ended up going out on his own and directing uh, his own movies. And he combined uh, gunplay into it, basically making movies known as gun Fu. Yes. So like John Wick. Yes. Yeah. Not actually not that far off. Um, remember that I'm going to bring up John Wick later, putting in a pin. Um, so his big breakout movie was the killer, which not to be confused with the killer, by David Fincher, which yeah, brand new movie, <laughs> which also came out this year. The letters falling um, down, and also not to be confused with the killer, which is John Woo's remake that he's working on. <laughs> um, and uh, that that's probably his big like international breakout. His first like real hit just before that was uh, A Better Tomorrow, and you have uh, basically like two brothers. One is a criminal, one is a cop, and his movies basically started the heroic bloodshed genre which is it's a lot of like emotional drama bordering on melodrama and there's a lot of fighting and uh gunfights and flying through the air it's like a mix of like agile ballet with uh gunfights so he basically pioneered the jumping through the air with two guns and firing both of them that's Are you serious that's a john woo thing are yes. you serious i'm serious yeah it wasn't Hot Fuzz? Mm-mm. They were paying... It wasn't Bad Boys too. No. They were paying homage to John Woo. <laughs> wasn't Point Blank? No. That's, that's all Point referencing Blake. John Woo. Oh, my God. So I you had have no idea. A Better Tomorrow. That's a hit. He had a couple flops. Then uh, The Killer, which is about like a, uh, a hitman and a cop. He has a, he has a thing for 
criminals and cops working together and there's a they're trying to like both protect a blind woman who she doesn't know that like one of them's a criminal this is the killer this is the killer yes okay then is there uh, talking in this movie yes okay yeah uh then uh kind of his biggest success i would say would would be hard-boiled which um he caught a lot of crap for glorifying criminals and gangsters which uh uh the triad uh were, were a huge thing at the time and uh so hard-boiled is like all cops it's just cops trying to take down the bad guys but it's one of his bigger budget movies and is most famous for this two minutes and 42 second long take of a gunfight battle mm. between two floors of a hospital hmm, um, sounds familiar yeah uh, we, we don't have time to get on into this. I would love to someday, but um, we will suffice, do a retrospective it, suffice it. it to say, like his movies are known for um, this kind of agile ballet mixed with gunfights. It's okay. kind of this uh, with, with like a strong emotional core to the story. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like an elevated reality. You, you, you got to think of it in terms of like professional wrestling or like mm. theater where it's like it's not trying to be realistic. Yeah. It's more about like. The emotional content of it and also Can you the smell what John Wu is cooking. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, then after Hard Boiled, that was 88, 89, he comes over to Hollywood. And uh oh, what was it called? With Jean Claude Jean Claude Van Damme. Universal Soldier. No. Um not Predator. point break. Point blank point break. Not a with show? Patrick Swayze. That no. is a TV show okay. remade. Hard target. Hard targets. Oh, Hard target. Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, that was a big hit. Uh, had a couple flops. Then Face Off. Ah, I know Face Off. Yep. Uh, that was a hit. Is that Nick Cage? Yes. Nick Cage and John Travolta. They yeah. swapped faces. Swapping faces. You guys were telling. You guys were telling me about that one time, right? I think. Yep. Probably. Face. Yeah, I gotta see it. They take the face off and put on the other face. Poetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then he had a couple flops, and then. Um, he did Mission Impossible 2. Oh. He did? Yeah. That was John oh. Wu. Okay. So that was a hit. Then he had a couple flops. And then at that point, he got really tired of working with the American studio. It's like, fuck The this. Hollywood studios. Okay. So he's I'm like, out. fuck it. Going back fuck to China. Now I'm out. Um, weirdly enough, he came back in 2007 to make a video game sequel to Hard Boiled called Stranglehold. It was actually pretty good. I'm Googling that. I made a video about this ages ago. <laughs> Stranglehold. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, it, but yeah, he was like done with Hollywood, went off to China, made a bunch of movies, and now he's back with Silent Night, Joel Kinnaman, a Christmas movie? Question mark. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah. So that, that's the John Woo background. All right. And now we're back with Silent Night. Everything you just described with his entire filmography is in Silent Night. Yes. Like you're just, I'm like, oh, I, I remember that scene. I remember that scene. I remember that scene. It's all in Silent Night. It's like a, a greatest hits of John Woo with Pretty no much. dialogue. Oh, so the only thing uh... missing are a bunch of doves flying into the air in slow motion. <laughs> Allie, uh, what did you think of Silent Night? Um, so because we were saying, um, you showed that the reviews were kind of like a little bit more negative. I didn't have a lot of feeling going into it. I was just kind of like, yeah, it's Christmas time, Christmas movie. Some I was already excited for. I told you to form your own opinion. I am forming my own opinion. <laughs> I was like, don't listen to me. Don't listen to Aaron. Don't listen to IndieWire. 
Form your own opinion. Yeah. So before I um, watched it, I researched a tiny bit. I didn't want to research super hard because I'm I was just really enthralled listening to all the John Woo from you. So I'm glad I did oh, it. Um, so I uh, I was more interested because you had mentioned what are we going to talk about a silent film and i was like well there's music blah blah blah. so i was like okay let me look at the music so the music director was marco beltrami i don't know if i'm saying the right and he won for a quiet place oh Um, so i was actually really like looking forward to what the music the soundtrack would be because of that if you won for that that like this has to be pretty awesome and i didn't i don't have any um anything negative to say about the music i think it was pretty good like i felt like we were gliding along most of the time it was pretty solid so i was pretty excited about that um yeah i didn't have too much going into it it really reminded me so in college i took a script writing class and it was one of my favorite classes and we had a little assignment we broke up into teams of four and we had to write um one minute which is like a page of just like showing not telling we couldn't do anything like that so it really Mm. reminded me of college i really liked how you could get the story across without really using words and stuff and i think this is like a really good solid script of like you're really practicing you're really like showing your audience so i really want to give credit where credit's due to the script to the music and maybe it's not my movie but i know there's a niche that people are really going to love this so tenacious silent film fans who like (laughs) gun fu the good old days of college. You know, Allie and I went to the same college, right? No, I didn't. Yes, yes we did. We did. We're learning a lot about each other today. <laughs> okay. Me being a wooaboo, you two going to college together? Wooaboo. Yes. <laughs> You're a wooaboo. That, that was literally forming in my brain as I said it. I'm jaw jo- jo- a You're a woofoo. A woofoo. <laughs> woofoo, step on you. <laughs> John Woo is my woofoo. Oh. oh, my God. Okay. So no, happy. he's your senpai. Oh, okay. Notice me, senpai. Notice me. Okay. Mm. Anyways, back to Silent Night. Yeah. Okay. So you saw this in theaters, right? Both of you, you saw this in theaters? Mm-hmm. Did you see this in theaters, Aaron? Yes. Yes, I did. I bootlegged it. <laughs> oh, my God. You bootlegged it? <laughs> you fuckers. Did you get the copy with, like, the ads for the casino in between? <laughs> <laughs> I was wow. I was not going to admit it, so I'm so glad you admitted it. Oh my god! I'm so sorry, Aaron. I was gonna. Okay, I have Movie Pass, so uh-huh. I could go see movies. You know, quote for free. I pay ten dollars yeah. a month, and the only theaters by me were playing it ten at ten p.m. What? So it's like a midnight movie, and I'm like, oh I'm not gonna god. go to the movie. I'm old. I'm not gonna go to the movies and like fall asleep. So I bootlegged it, and there was like one cam recording. I don't know where. I assume overseas. Uh-huh. And in be- like intermittently throughout the movie would be commercials for this weird, sketchy casino website. What the fuck? That the, I'm not gonna name. The oh worst part about it is like the first one that came up was silent. It was silent. So I thought it was like in the movie at first. <laughs> he like was putting the stuff in the blender yes! and it'd be like, yay! And I'm like, to is this paint, part of the movie? To paint the what picture. What the fuck are you talking about? I was, I was, it was jarring. Oh, my God. And I was like, holy shit. Let me, let me try to find another copy. I downloaded another copy. Same ads. What? And I'm oh like, fuck, this is the only one. So I wasn't wow. going to go into Adobe Premiere and edit them out. No, I was like, okay, fine. Silent just, night, pirate night. I'll, st- <laughs> I'll stick with the movie. Oh my god! You bootlegged it too. I was going to see it in theaters. I was supposed to see what with, happened. I was supposed to see it with Evan, and then things just kept coming up. Like, oh, I got to go do this. Oh, this person's in town, and I'm like, I've got to see this movie, so I'm gonna, yeah. Oh my god! I just got busy. Well, 
I love the dedication, Ellie. Oh my god. Yeah, I bootlegged it. I'm so sorry. And I was <laughs> I I felt so shameful. I'm so but I'm so happy you did too. The same copy too. There's only wow. like two copies and it's the same person that recorded. Wow. With this weird casino online gambling website. So so what's what's the flow of cash here? Because like the uploader, they buy a ticket. I can't believe we're talking about it. I know they 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 pirate it. Yes. They insert ads for like a betting site. Yes. Do they get like a commission, or is it just there? Is it their website? You know, I would assume whoever. Is there like a referral code? Bootlegged this movie. No, there was. I don't think there was. It was just start to finish. There was a watermark. Of the casino website oh. on this copy, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll deal with it." Oh, but what pulled me out of it? What were those ads that was made of stock footage of like this dude putting stuff in a blender? What the fuck? <laughs> he was like, "Chips." Are you making this up? No, roulettes. Oh, <laughs> craps. Poker. All putting stuff in a blender. What, was it in English? No, uh, I think it was like subtitles were like in Hindi. And English, but the website, of course, is an English word. Yeah. I was very confused, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to deal with this and just, oh my just God. Probably... suffer through this. What, was, the, was the text in the movie, like, localized to any particular language? I think it was all English, It no? was English. Because sometimes they'll just have, like, a, a little thing pop up. Right. Or, like, subtitles pop up, like... No, it was You English. know, when, when you watch a sub of an anime. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've also been to a movie theater where, I shit you not, it was a Nick Cage movie. This was in the 2000s. Yeah. I was overseas, and there was three lines of subtitles, English, <gasps> French, and Arabic. At the same time? At the same time. Wow. Very inclusive. Very inclusive. Wow. And I dealt with it. Oh, my God. The movie was uh, next. Oh, I'm so sorry. Everyone groaned in the theater. They're like, oh. <laughs> it was a bad movie. It was a shitty yeah. movie. Okay. I digress. The point is, Ali and I bootlegged this movie. <laughs> sorry, world. I'm you poor. saw this in theaters. Yeah. How was the theater experience with this movie? Were you uh, the only one in there? Close. There's like three other people, I think. Um, that happens to me a lot. But it's also at like 7.30 at night. Um, That's prime time viewing I know. of a movie. I know. This movie flopped, by the way. Yeah. Which is why it was a 10 p.m. midnight movie for me. And I was like, I'm not going to go to the movie at midnight to watch this movie. Uh, at least there's a low budget movie. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> They feel didn't lose like $200 million like uh, the Marvels. Right. I should buy a ticket at least. I don't have to go. I should give them my money. <laughs> I did see it. <laughs> John Woo's Christmas is ruined now. Thanks to you, too. Um, John Woo, you can yeah, have it was, $12. Uh, it was it was not as bucks. Oh my god! It's not as quiet as seeing a quiet place in theaters because th there's like incidental dialogue in in the movie. Yeah, like there's like videos and <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> they, and they they cheese it sometimes with like text messages and like right. handwritten stuff. Right. Yeah. That's fine. Like a true silent movie. Um, we just need Charlie Chaplin to come out. Yeah, I I, I think. If you were going to be cynical about this movie, you could say that the no dialogue thing is a gimmick. Um, it's totally a gimmick. I, I thought it was a bit more than that. Um, to me, it felt like a self-imposed restriction to try to uh, uh, get more creativity out of out of your craft. As which, we all know here, putting limitations and restrictions 
on your craft elicits a more creative product. Right. However, I just think something was lost with an action movie with no dialogue. I have an idea of what was lost, but we'll have to get into the plot first yes. before we do that. Yes. But before we do, Allie, I do have to agree with you. I'm a big uh, advocate for show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. And this movie showed and didn't tell. But mm. show, don't tell also works if it's complemented with dialogue. So you have those like visual uh, narrative structures, yeah. like visual storytelling, contrasted with traditional dialogue between characters. That's just me. I think they told. I think the story got across. Like I pretty much feel like I know what happened from start to finish, but I, I do feel like it felt more like an exercise of trying to do that, you know, get that creativity going. I don't know yeah. if there was something that like stood out that I'll take from the movie, but I don't think it was like this was bad. Like I don't know. Like I do think they got across the story with points, but maybe I I like the no dialogue because I think it really reflects the main character's story with him losing his voice, stuff like that. I think it's very like kind of poetic how it's going, but I can see where it fell short. Yeah. Yeah, I can too. There I think I admire this movie more than I like it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um first of all, great performance by Joel Kinneman. I think he took what was given to him and did a very good job with it. He ran he grunted. He, he's he's carrying this whole movie on his he shoulders. Shot the guys. <laughs> he shot the guys. Yeah. Um, he was he did carry this movie on his shoulders. His what? back is hurting. Yeah. Like go, he's strong. <laughs> he looked good. <laughs> go, going back to like the emotional core of John Woo's movies, um, he very much embodied that throughout the whole thing. Um, but I think there's some like cracks in the pavement where the no dialogue, the commitment to no dialogue means. They made some choices that I don't think worked quite well. Um, yeah, there's some choices, especially at the end, I think I would either take out or do a little differently. But so I'm with you on that. Yeah. Should we, should we get into the plot? Let's get into the plot. Since you are a wooby, Aaron, would you like to explain the plots of this entire movie that we watched? Uh, Silent Night 2023. Yeah, and I can, I can do that pretty quick. Um, so we have Joel Kinnaman. He has a name, but it doesn't matter. Um, man. It, Brian. He, he, play, he plays man. Brian. Um, who he is a father. He has a wife. He has a son. And uh, his son is killed by a stray bullet in a drive-by shooting by a local gang. Dude, those gang drivers were awful. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Um, and in the <laughs> pin in that. <laughs> he he out of out of a fatherly protective instinct, he tries to chase him down, ends up getting shot in the throat and uh, loses his ability to speak, which is kind of a setup for the no dialogue in the whole movie. Silent night. Yeah. Um, and then this happens just before Christmas. He's not able to give his son his Christmas gift, uh, which, as we find out later, is a model train set. And so, it, like mid-January, when he comes back from the hospital, he basically makes a vow but that by the next Christmas, he's going to get revenge. Killed them all. And to make sure that you know that, he writes, he circles Christmas Eve on the calendar and set, writes, kill them all. <laughs> and he spends basically the entire year just like training and preparing to fight them. Getting swole. Hits yeah. the gym. Hits the gym. Going to the gun range. Watches... 
uh, close close combat tutorials on YouTube. <laughs> surviving edged weapons. Surviving edged <laughs> weapons. Um, yeah, he he just prepares. Uh, his his wife is like, you're you're out of your mind. Like I don't like what's happening. So she moves away. Um, kind of left ambiguous whether they separated or, or divorced or whatever, but. Uh, then he tracks them down and does indeed kill them all. Yes. Uh, along the way, uh, we have Kid Cuddy, who plays a detective. That's Kid Cuddy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the thing is with the film, they mispronounce his name. They say, like, <laughs> Kid Cudi or something. Oh, my God. My friend's band back in the day opened up for Kid Cudi, mm-hmm. and they oh. said Kid Cudi was an ass. Oh. <laughs> okay, I don't feel that bad anymore. Well, Kid Cudi, if you want to like come talk to us, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Set the record straight, Kid Cudi. <laughs> set it straight. I think he's from Chicago. I think so. Yeah. I did not realize it that was, was before him. he was. Oblar? He was like moderately big. Okay. It wasn't like big, big. I did really like at the end how the detective Kid Cudi that I know now and the mm. Brian had like a Naruto Sasuke moment bleeding on the floor together. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's very John Woo. Um, we'll, we'll get into, into that. John Woo's very anime. Yes. Uh, yeah, basically leads to a big showdown at like the gang hideout, the gang lair, and everyone dies. Kill them all. Kill them all. Kill them all. Let's get into the movie. That's yes. pretty much the whole plot. So, okay. I'm watching this movie, Aaron, mm-hmm. and I'm like, is this movie like secretly based? <laughs> what do you mean by that? I'm watching it, and I'm like, what the fuck did Aaron recommend to us? <laughs> Because, like, you're talking about, like, John Woo, and he's, like, supporting law enforcement. Uh, not really. By the way, for the record, cops are fine. A lot of my family are cops. There's some bad eggs in the bunch. Uh Doesn't mean they're all bad. Anyways, I'm watching this, and it's, like, the only dialogue is, like, news briefings. Yeah. And it's about, like... In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry... Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Inflation. Inflation. I think martial law is coming. I'm like, yeah. Is this a Daily Wire movie? No. Did Ben Shapiro write this? No. What the fuck am I watching right now, Aaron? Aaron, what did you recommend? Okay. Is John Woo a secret Republican? No, he's not a thin blue line guy. <laughs> um, so Are you he, sure? He he grew up like in like the Hong Kong slums. Let like, me lick those boots. Where, where the? <laughs> no, he grew up like um, where the triad did have like a lot of control and influence. 
Um, but he also, he was like the son of a minister or like, um, missionaries, like helped his family, something like that. Um, and maybe what inspired this, he was actually like, as a little kid, he was like really shy and like barely spoke at all. Um, but he, this is me reading between the lines. I think he had a lot of friends or people that he knew that were like involved in the gang in some way or another. And I think to him, he did not really have a uh, clear line between like good guys, bad guys. Uh, And that's kind of reflected in his movies. There's a lot of times where you have like uh, your main police character who's like super good and like uncorruptible and he's always trying to do the right thing. And he's in a police department. that's just like completely corrupt and like, uh, you know, hand in glove with the local gangs. Um, but you also have gang members who are like more or less just trying to like provide for their family or like this is just the system that they know and they're not necessarily bad. Um, we don't exactly get that nuance here in this movie. We oh. have Joel Kinnaman as man who's trying to um, kill them all. <laughs> Beat the, the the thing is why I say like this might be a Daily Wire esque movie is that Joe Kinnaman, not to pull the race card, yeah, is a white man, and all of the antagonists are not white. Yeah, they're all Latino. Yes. Yeah. And like in the beginning, in the cold open with like you know like the two gangs shooting each other, they're red and blue. So mm-hmm. I assumed, oh, this is in L.A. This is Crips and the Bloods, and then. It wasn't the Crips and the Bloods. No. We were in Texas, right? Yes. Yeah, like Los Palamos or something. Yes. And I'm like, um, okay, this is not in California. No. I think they filmed in Mexico City. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, get those tax breaks, John Woo. <laughs> but like, I was like, okay, our main hero is a dude that's like, is he afraid of multicultural people i don't want to take it this direction his wife's uh latina yes so that's that's the one point on that side of the board yeah because the main focus was like i'm gonna go to the gym do some crossfits yeah get muscular and big and swole and shooting guns to kill who the gangs and it's like yeah gangs are bad but forgot like, one thing. He learned a drag race. That's true. That, yeah. He did a Need for Speed. Mm-hmm. He did a, a Fast and the Furious movie. He got good. He got good. He was drifting. Yeah. He even practiced it. Yeah, and then he really he, should have like, beat them all with like how good he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were not good drag race. No, they weren't. And I was watching this. I, I was I was like, Aaron, like I said earlier, I was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> and also, side notes, Fast and the Furious, Need for Speed. Anybody who's like really amped up watching this, like, oh yeah, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Maybe you shouldn't have a driver's license. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have a gun license. Yeah, um, that kind of gets to the core of what didn't work for me for this movie. What didn't work? Um, and to draw an analogy, I'm going to compare this to John Wick because okay. uh, that's just fresh in my mind. But also, I think structurally and what they're going for is very similar. So in John Wick. Uh, very early in the movie, it's just a guy trying to live his life. His wife's dead. Wife leaves him a puppy. And then these Russian gangsters come in and like kill the puppy and steal his car. And that's the kind of emotional, uh, 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 switch that is flipped that brings him back into this life of crime. And the entire rest of the movie is just a revenge thing on all these Russian gangsters. 
uh, very similar to this movie. Mm -hmm. But I think why it works in John Wick, part of it is a, is a character thing with John Wick himself, where he's a former military guy, former uh, hitman himself. And so it's more believable that he would know how to do all these things, um, which I kind of like that they showed Joel Kinman just like trying to do a bunch of things and just sucking at him. Like he goes to the firing range and he's like shooting at the target a bunch and they're just all going wide. He gets like one shot on paper. Yeah. Um, he's like watching like YouTube videos of how to like close quarters combat with a knife. And he's like not coordinated well. And he's like trying to walk through the moves like really slowly with the target dummy. Um, and then it shows his progression towards actually like knowing what he's doing. I like that. Um, but it also. There is an arc with the character. Yes. It's still hard to believe that he would be able to pull off the crazy stuff that he does at the end of the movie. Um, but what I think makes John Wick work more is that uh, they do flesh out the bad guys quite a lot. Um, they're all bad. None of them are good people. But they all have reasons for doing what they're doing. And I'm not seeing that with the Latino gang in this movie. They're just basically gangs are going to gang. And they're doing all the gang stuff because they're gangs. Gangs are going to gang. Um, I, I think it would help. And this is where I think the the no dialogue thing comes up short. Yeah. I think it would help if you could have dialogue for them to um, be able to establish their characters more. And th because with John Wick, you have uh, the Russian mafia is minding their own business. John Wick's minding his own business. We have a, you know, stupid, brash, impulsive uh, kid of a gangster boss who kills his dog. And that's enough of a reason why it would happen. And... Most of the movie is I'm just trying to deal with that and damage control that against John Wick coming to kill him. Um, we don't have any of that complexity with the Latino gangs. They're just there as targets. Right. Which is why it feels like a Daily Wire movie. Yeah, because like the enemies aren't fleshed out. They're no. not humanized. Like with John Wick, you have that dynamic where it's like, oh, I understand where the Russian uh, gangsters are coming from. Yeah. But this is like they're the bad guys. Maybe that's kind of like the point, like it was a senseless killing, it's senseless what's happening, and that's maybe his feeling on gangs, like this is senseless what they do. Uh, yeah. Like the In story as told by Joel Kinnaman? Yeah. Kind of? Okay. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just throwing But then out. don't show the gangs at all. Just have it in his point of view, yeah. purely his point of view. Don't like show like the gangs and their lair. Yeah, I do not like the, the blade I do not like layer. the dancing scene. Oh yeah, they're I was, weird. I was a little... Well, like, okay, can we can we stop dancing? <laughs> I think I started fast forwarding. I was <laughs> like, let me get to the end of this movie. Ten seconds, ten seconds. Ten seconds. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not expecting nuanced points of view on uh, American racial tensions from John Woo, of all people. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the decision not to have dialogue really limits um, the kind of fleshing out of characters that you need for something like this to work. There's no dialogue and the dialogue that is there to onboard us to this world is like from InfoWars. It's Joe Kinnaman's character is listening to about like inflation and how the world uh, the America's uh, going into hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Like, what the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe John Woo's a, a conservative blowhard but um, based on what he's made before I'm inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt. 45 is 47, you know what I mean? Totally understandable if other people are not willing to give that uh, benefit of the doubt. But, um, yeah, missed opportunity there, yeah, to say the least. 
what what okay i was watching this movie and i was thinking of better movies that tackle the whole protagonist is barely speaking thing yeah for example drive yeah i'm gonna be a, a generic film bro right now and talk about drive nicholas winding Riffin. <laughs> because ryan gosling had a bunch of dialogue in that movie yeah but as the editor and the director is like going through this film it's like let's take out more and more of his dialogue mm-hmm. let's take out as much dialogue as we can do and still make the story cohesive. Mm-hmm. So we have a protagonist that barely speaks. He's very stoic. He's the action man. But everyone around him talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, his main love interest talks and humanizes him, talks about herself too, his boss, and like so on and so forth. Everyone is fleshing out this world while our main person that we're uh, following is barely talking. Mm-hmm. And it works so much better. Yes. John Woo could have done that with Silent Nights. He could have had a regular movie, but our main antagonist doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. He's mute. I think I I think one thing I really like about not speaking though is that the whole movie is about experience grief and how it's lonely and how it's isolating. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like it kind of quiet. I think getting that kind of uncomfortableness out there, I think that lends to a strength that's kind of missed. I want to unpack that. Because, like, I wish John Woo focused in on that more. Yeah. I wish it was, like, more of, like, an A24 drama where it's, like, leaning into the grief because that's yes. that's totally true. Yes. There is a silence and a stillness when it comes to grief because you're missing something. Yes. In Joel Kinnaman's life, he lost his son. Mm-hmm. So that means there is a quietness to his life now because a person has been removed from his life. It's quiet. He's in a quiet home. He doesn't hear his son anymore. We could have leaned into that a little bit more and also have the storyline of like him preparing a counterattack to the mob. And mm-hmm. I think there where you said where we take away those scenes from humanizing the gangsters, that would have led into that loneliness, that grief a little bit exactly. more. Yes. It needed more time in the oven to cook. Yeah. We... John Wu took it out too early. Mm-hmm. We all have salmonella now. We don't feel good. Yeah. Uh, I think another aspect this movie was missing is that we don't get much of a sense of who Joel Kinman was like before his mm-hmm. son got killed. Yes. He was, he's just he's just dad. He's just a guy. <laughs> um, An all-American dad. I mean, I'm going back to John Wick again. His but... son was killed by Latinos. <laughs> uh, by guns. Yeah. By stocks. I mean, I'm going back to John Old Wick again, and... but... Um, at the beginning of the movie, he's also just guy with wife, wife in Christmas sweater, in Christmas sweater, <laughs> wife die sad, and it's like okay, we can relate to that on an emotional level, but we don't understand like who he is. But who he is gets unpacked throughout the rest of the movie as what kind of like a dangerous legendary guy is, and contrast that with who he is um, at the beginning of the movie. We suddenly realize like how much his life has changed. And if it fleshes him out more. Mm-hmm. But we have no idea who Joel Kinman was before that happened. He could be, you know, angry, racist, uh, Fox News watching thin blue line man. Or he could have just been like Ned Flanders. I don't know. <laughs> but the fact that we don't know, he, he he's pretty much a blank slate. And that's not what you need for a protagonist. Imagine if he was like a Ned Flanders guy, like Hadley Doodley. Like, yeah. Like run of the mill, wholesome guy, 
And then his life was altered forever. Mm-hmm. His son was killed by accident. Yeah. He was, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then that weaponizes him. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? I want to seek revenge. And we see like the descent of a reasonable man doing unreasonable things. Because mm-hmm. the reasonable thing would have been, hey, cops, detectives, these ancillary characters, hey, go and fight the the mob, go and fight the gangs. But no, he was like, I'm going to take it upon myself. He killed Ozers mm-hmm. in this movie. We could have had that story too. Yeah, like a falling down without the satire. Exactly. One storyline that kind of, I don't know if it worked for me, was, so he was shot in the beginning of the film. And then they mirror that at the end where he's in the same position with the guy who shot him and he's in the same position again. But there was this moment with the detective. He left a note and said, I'm doing what you're not. So now in this scene, it kind of like gives the detective this like I'm helping kind of moment where he steps in and like saves him at that moment. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that actually worked for me. Like, I know he kind of worked with the cops there. Like, I don't know, because I just didn't work for me because I feel like he's trained so hard like yes he shouldn't be able to beat them because he's only been training a year but it just felt like i don't know maybe it's that maybe maybe it does work for me maybe i don't know i I just feel so conflicted about that scene i get what he was going for yeah and throwing back to his to his older movies um he really likes having two good people like on opposite sides of the law Mm -hmm. having to work together or being forced to work together even though they're not really supposed to. Yeah. And um, like loyalty and honor are really important to his characters. Um, Having like a code of ethics that you follow. Um, If you had dialogue in this movie, you could have fleshed that out where maybe they're both trying to work together to bring down the gangs, but because of interdepartmental corruption or politics or whatever, like the detectives like, Hey, I want to take them down just as badly as you do, but my hands are tied here. I have to drop the case. We got too many other things. There's no evidence. Whatever. Yeah. Damn it, Detective Johnson. You can't go against the books. Exactly. (laughs) Why are you working with this vigilante? Space cop. (laughs) Uh, And then that gives the opportunity for like, okay, I'm going to do your job that you can't do or are too afraid to do and forces the detective to intervene. And then they can finally work together to bring down the gang. Yeah. Um, They do work together at the end, but it seems very sudden. Like they... Yeah, have like one scene together before before that, and it's just a way to establish Joel Kinnaman uh, knowing like who all the gang members are, so he can track them down later. Yeah, he sends him a letter, like you said, Allie, like "fuck you, I'm doing this." Yeah, I'm doing the job that you're supposed to have done. Right, and we, then at the end, he's like, "We're working together. Oh, I'm bleeding out, <laughs> but thank you." I, I liked that part. I didn't think it was earned. No, it wasn't. Yeah, because like. Uh, uh, Kid Cuddy, he's not shown like actually working the case or doing anything. He's more or less a blank slate too. If we had known that he was like a good cop in a bad department and he's trying to do the right thing, then like that would have meant a lot more. Um, but no, we don't get any of that because nobody's allowed to talk in this movie. Well, I feel like it, there's so <laughs> many ways they could have done it without talking. Like they could have yes. shown more scenes at the cop station. Like maybe the gangsters come in and then they get like sent off like they're not booked or something like showing this corruption there's so much i don't know there are a lot of it it needed to cook more you're right Armand. <laughs> i think the issue is this could have been a solid short film mm-hmm. yes at most 30 minutes long but it was stretched the feature length 90 minutes yes and i think part of that what i did 
read up on after the fact was like there's a pretty low budget movie and they had a very tight schedule so they couldn't pick up a lot of like coverage shots there's a lot of like long one takes and uh yes like like you said wasn't in the oven long enough and maybe this kind of movie um wasn't possible to keep in the oven long enough on its uh, on its uh, budget and schedule. And there was commercials for a casino. <laughs> wow, the budget was Maybe John Woo put those in there. <laughs> try to try to raise some more money off the back of this thing. Oh, my God. It's John Woo's recording. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make money somehow. <laughs> oh, no. It's his casino. <laughs> I feel bad for him. He seems like a very nice man. Sorry, John Woo. We get it, John Woo. We all need money. It's all a good jest. <laughs> it's tough out there. He sabotaged his own movie. He's playing 4D chess. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what did we like about this movie? Nothing. What, what were, Oh, come on now. <laughs> Be nice. I okay. have one more thing that didn't work before what we liked. What that's didn't okay. work? Sure. I don't think I liked the letter at the end. Okay. I wish it was a little, like she read the letter and it was more ambiguous. Yeah, that's fair. That's the one thing. The, like, if you're reading this, I'm gone, or whatever kind of letter. I just wish it was a little open-ended. Because they were cheating. They're like, no dialogue in this movie, except we're going to have, like, bouts of text that you have to read. And there's so many ways to combat that, too, where she looks at the phone, looks at him, he looks at the phone, puts it down like he's ignoring her. I think there's a lot, there's lots of ways they could have, like, cleaned up the text. I'm not, I'm not upset about the text, but if, you, if you're going to go into the gimmick, lean it to a heart. I think commit. Was there a studio behind this? That sounds like no. a studio note. Daily Wire. Daily Wire. Info Wars. That's the worst timeline if John Woo goes to work for Daily Wire. Bright, I think I might actually cry. But what you were saying, it being like a short film or um, I just think it's a very good. This feels like a very good exercise piece. Like That's, um, yeah. Thunder Road Films. Thunder Road. Stormfront.com. <laughs> Uh, same same studio behind John Wick. Stormfront.com. Anyways, back to John Wick. <laughs> that didn't that didn't register for me for a second. Oh my god! Thunder Storm. Oh my god! Doc. Uh, anyways, the ending was solid, mm-hmm. but it wasn't earned. Yeah, and we could have leaned into more expressive emoting of characters on screen. It sounded like. Looking at the the well, we weren't the a Maya fan, I see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
I was just so disappointed because, like, if we're going to have a silent movie of, like, no dialogue, then do no dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But guess what? That's hard. Somebody panicked. Someone panicked. It's probably the studio. Yeah. Stormfront studio panicked. And they're like, well, how are we supposed to know? Maybe that was John Woo's thing or his his decision. Um, He's not maybe it's the studio. anywhere in this film. It could be that Americans like need things spelled out for them a little bit. It did feel like they were making concessions to the like, American audience. The, the, hey, the listen, popcorn eating people aren't going to get this film, John Woo. We need some sort. We need something. Mm-hmm. Hence yeah. the Infowars news broadcast <laughs> in the beginning. Hence the reading of the letter where just the letter is on the screen for like a minute. So you can make yeah. sure you could read it. Or the calendar where he's like circling the date and it's like, kill them all. Kill it's like them. I'm okay with that one what? a little bit. Well, or, or I just, think we could have figured that out by everything that he's doing Or if to he just circles it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I did, and this kind of brings me up to a different question. puts a knife through the, the dates. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, or like through the, the guy's picture. Like, that was nice. That's called visual storytelling. Yeah. There, there's a lot of nice shots like it's that. It's too, that, those ideas are too clever for this movie. It, yeah. I, I like the uh, match cut where it's uh, the wife crying and like as the tear like falls down, the next Ooh. shot, it's like a bullet. Falling oh, yeah, down yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I did like Lots that. of great touches like that. But to your point, Belongs in a better movie. Um. Why? Let's remake Silent Night. Why? I think we can make a really good film, guys. <laughs> why is this a Christmas movie? Because he's wearing a Christmas sweater. Let's talk about that. Why? Why Christmas? Um, he didn't get get to give his kid the Christmas gift because he goes to nice. he goes and he puts it out. Uh, so he puts the train out at his um son's thing, and he decides the tombstone. The tombstone. Thank you. And he decides to take his revenge on what Christmas Eve or something. I don't know. I forgot which day. It happened yeah, Christmas on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah. So then he spends a year training to kill the entire gang yeah. on Christmas Eve slash day. Just what Santa wants. Yep. <laughs> yes. He's on the naughty list, I think. Yeah. That's what yeah. the Santa from Violent Night would want. Mm-hmm. Which we're getting a sequel to. <gasps> I gotta watch the first one. <laughs> My, it, it does give a nice um, framing device for telling time. Yes. Because uh, as he's training, we see shots of the calendar and it's like... He misses um, Mother's Day. That's why yeah, she left. He was like, "Fuck you." There's Mother's Day <laughs> that he missed. Um, there's she's a thing not on, a mom anymore. There, hey. She's always a mom. She's always a mom. <laughs> uh, there's a thing on the radio about like uh, Easter celebrations coming up. Then there's um, from Infowars.com. From Infowars.net. Uh, and then there's <laughs> Infowars Casino. Um, then there's like Thanksgiving, and so I like that framing device for like being able to tell time without dialogue. Yeah, mostly. Yes. Um, but he goes Black Friday shopping. Is this like a Christmas movie in spirit? You know okay. what I mean? So you want me to start? Is this like a Die Hard type question? I suppose I would say <laughs> Die Hard is more of a Christmas film than this film. Oh my God! And Die Hard, I would say, is not even a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It's just set during Christmas. You're pissing off all the film bros on Twitter. Oh, how dare you say Godfather's the best movie? So, with this film, Silent Nights, the gimmick is no one's talking, and they shoehorned Christmas into it. This could be set during any time period. And even so, it's taking place during, in Texas. Yeah. In the part of Texas well, that's hot. Texaco. <laughs> Yeah, it's Mexico City. It's very Tex Mex. Yeah. And the thing is with Tex Mex, there's no snow. Mm. 
And we don't have the stereo until there is, and it knocks out power to the whole state because <laughs> <laughs> we're on a separate grid. Oh my god! Yeah, Ted Cruz, and then he leaves the Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I I can't just cancel my flight. <laughs> um, no, this movie is not a Christmas movie. It's just set during Christmas. Christmas is the vehicle for this film. Right. It has none of the hallmarks of a Christmas film because, like, we watch Gremlins, we watch Krampus, we watch Violent Nights. Those all have the spirit of something to do with the Christmas season. This film does not. It's about grief. It's about a father that loses his son, that loses his uh, wife because he's on this relenting, unrelenting path to get revenge. It's a revenge movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Hmm. Yeah. That's just my take. I think it's fine to categorize it as a Christmas movie, but it's not about Christmas. Like in the way like Violent Night is, where they use the Christmas theme to their advantage. He's got like the magic bag that he's able to like pull shit out of and use as as weapons or props. You have him like wrapping up someone with like Christmas lights and throwing them out the window. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't get any of that theming in this except like the gang leader is like wearing a a Santa robe for some reason. (laughs) Forgot about that already. (laughs) I don't know. Um. Yeah, this is more like it's not about Christmas. Christmas is just a part of it. Yeah. And you get the cute marketing name. It's the backdrop. Yeah. It's the the wallpaper on the scene. Exactly. Allie. But then again, so it is for Die Hard. And I'm on record as saying Die Hard is different because he's trying to get home to his family for Christmas. That makes it, in my opinion, more of a Christmas movie. I'll be home for Christmas. Joel Kinman's trying to get revenge for the Christmas that his son never got to have. So That's a good way to put it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Allie? Is this a Christmas movie? I don't know. Aaron just made a very compelling argument. (laughs) That's a solid point. Yeah. I'm sticking to my guns. Okay. I don't think my grandma would watch it, so no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Put on point break. What is this shit? (laughs) Where's the talking? I like the talkies. (laughs) I personally like the talkies. I don't mind a silent film, but if you're going to have a silent film, it has to be silent. Yeah. Nothing. Just music. Fuck. Just have it be music, black and white. John Woo should have went all the way to the artist. A pianist in the in the theater. Yeah. (laughs) That would have been amazing. Yeah. That would have been a niche within a niche within a niche. When's our movie coming out? What was that? What was that black and white movie like around 2011 or so that like won the Oscars? The artist. The artist, yeah. Was that a silent movie? Yes. Okay. But guess what? (gasps) What? There was talking in it. Oh my god. Because there was it was okay. So the whole point was like a good chunk of the movie is silence, and then a silent film star has to come up with or like deal with the point that time is moving forward. Yeah, and he's being left behind They're because talkies the now. talkies came out and sound effects came out because like he would like put down his like drink glass and it would make a sound. Mm-hmm. He was like, "What the fuck." And, like, it goes on from there, and he's like, oh, and he has to deal with, like, the world is changing and leaving yeah. him behind as a silent film actor. That's a great movie. <laughs> That's how you do it. I don't know how you do that with action. I don't know any – well, uh, there's silent films that are action films. But, like, 
If you're going to have an action movie, have it be sound effects, guns of glory. But if you're going to do a silent film, no talking. Ooh. That's just me. Okay. That's just me. Yeah, no radio, no nothing. No nothing. Yep. Let's get off the fence. All right. We talked about this movie. So we said whether or not the ending was earned because we go through this whole thing. He fulfills his revenge plot. He kills off the entire uh, gang. And then he's bleeding out at the end. And you see a montage of what his son could have been. Mm-hmm. Graduating high school, college, you know, seeing him growing up. And I'm watching this. I'm like, this is a heartfelt ending, but I feel nothing. Mm. Yeah. Because it's not earned, in my opinion. Because you're not going to topslots.com. <laughs> that might have been it. <laughs> Looseslots.com. So, Aaron, I'm going to start with you. Was this ending earned? No. No, I liked it, but it wasn't earned. And that's that's why I feel com- like so mixed and conflicted about this movie because there's a bunch of little parts that I like. And I feel like with just like a few tweaks here and there, you could have something pretty special, but it's just not there for me. It was not as bad as I was expecting based on I- indie, indiepoop.com or whatever. Um, but, uh, but, but also just like knowing... John Woo's other work, eh, a little underwhelming. Gonna gonna have to say, but still, I, I like I said, I there's parts of this that I admire more than I like. I like the creative restriction of no dialogue and trying to tell as much visually as possible. I think that led to some interesting moments, um, and but I'm not sure the way that it was executed makes it a better movie. Here's the thing: John Woo is 77 years old. Yeah. I'm not going to put a cap on creativity. Dude's 77 years old. Ageism. Get your guitar in here now. <laughs> it, it is. I will say it is a little disappointing when people that you admire creatively just like don't have it anymore. What I, if this was just a paycheck movie? Like his last American movie before he left for China? No, no, paycheck? no. No, no, no. <laughs> No, I mean, like, what if he made this movie simply to make money? You know what? You need God a, bless him. You need a movie? Well, I'm going to make a movie for you. I don't know if it turned out too well for him. And but... you, like, did the bare minimum. Dialogue? Don't need it. Okay, but, like, when movies flop, I always think of the producers. Like, do they get a lot of money? Have you seen the producers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, producers. so maybe it's that. I don't know. But the thing I, is with I don't the think producers. He's that, I don't think he's that cynical. No. But... See, with the producers, they made springtime for Hitler as a guaranteed flop, and then it wasn't. Yeah. It was a huge success. Silent Night is not a huge success that a week later, only midnight viewings <laughs> are available. Yeah. And I have to bootleg it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, like, Ridley Scott has this problem. Um, who's, the talk guy, shit about who's the guy Napoleon? who did uh, Desperado? I don't know. Robert Rodriguez? He's got this problem too, where um, he was involved with like Book of Boba Fett, and we know how that turned out. Yeah. Um, a lot of these like creative people that like it's disappointing when you admire their earlier work and then they're just like not able to do it again. And yeah, he's seventy-seven. Let him have some fun. 
Let him let him make something he had creative. Um, I definitely think though creativity is cyclical, so I feel like there could be some, he could be building towards something. Like if this maybe. if this is a flop and it's still like maybe middle of the road, see, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is just the springboard he needs to remake the killer. Not yeah. to be confused with the killer, Fincher, <laughs> not to be confused with the killer by John Woo. The thing is, the there are examples of older people making solid movies. Yeah, George Miller is that example. Yeah, George Miller did Mad Max, the original Mad Max from the seventies. He came back with Fury Road, what like ten years ago or something, twenty fifteen. Oh, and it God. was awesome, and now he's making Furiosa, which looks fucking amazing. And he's almost eighty years old. And but when are we gonna get Happy out. Feet too? We don't need Happy Feet. <laughs> I think we got Happy Feet too. He just didn't do it. Hmm. Age is not a determining factor of creativity, but I think. Are you saying age is just a number? Age is just a number, Aaron. <laughs> However, I think. Money is also a determining factor of like, you know what? I need uh, I need to pay rent this month. Yeah. Very true. Let me just phone it in and make a movie. Oh, you need it to be a Christmas movie? Yeah, we get that during Christmas, whatever. I think this was a, hey, let's just make some money off of this. Maybe, but he's, he's got a fine career in China. I'm just confused, like, why this movie to come back to America with? Everyone has a price. Why now? Everyone has a price. I also think that there's probably a very good niche for this that I think we probably don't understand as probably, you know, cis white people. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't know, like, the new, like, cultural stuff in Hong Kong and other stuff. Maybe, like, yeah. I know there's, like, big big Kung Fu fans who probably enjoyed it a lot more. Like, yeah. maybe it's just not our movie. Maybe. I'd be curious to see, like, how this how this does worldwide. I yeah. would rather watch Red Dragon, not Red Dragon. Crouching, crouching Tiger, Red Dragon. <laughs> crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Hidden Dragon. <laughs> or uh, the what was the one with uh, Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee? Um, Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. I'd rather watch those movies because so they're watched... actually good movies. So it should have been Silent Dragon? It should have been Silent Dragon. It should have been straight up Kung Fu. Oh my God, that would have been amazing. Have you seen Hard Boiled? No, I know there was a video game, like you said, sequel Christmas to movie? it. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch Hard Boiled sometime. I think you'll like it. Okay. It I think you'll be shocked. Like how good it is in comparison oh, to Silent Night. I like to be shocked. <laughs> shocked, flabbergasted. Wow, that was we took a while to unpack that question. Yeah. So I'm just gonna get to the next question. Well, I also think no. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you wanted my answer to the question. <laughs> I think we all agree it wasn't earned. Yeah. It was a shitty yeah. ending. I was like, what the fuck? Now you're gonna put in the emotional weight. Where was this the whole movie? Yeah. Maya just fucked off to do our uh, respect. Respect. <laughs> In between the ca- casino commercials. Yeah. Oh, my God. She won big and that she could stay home, get a new apartment. <laughs> I was good for her. Yeah. Once again, Aaron, it got to the point where I was like, should I even finish this movie? Oh, oh no. But then I did. Armand. Proud of you. You're getting coal in your stocking this Christmas. Whoa. Krampus is going to visit me this year. Were you just watching this on your on your computer monitor at home? Going, I have bah, a, humbug. I have a great, I have an ultra wide. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, I had to adjust the color because the fucking 
it blew out the blacks. <laughs> the blacks were gray, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I always try to get screeners with my bootlegs. Yeah. There was no screener available. No. Anyways, final question. <laughs> would you recommend Silent Night? I don't think I would. Not for your average film goer. Um, if you're if you're a wooaboo, then sure, go for it. You'll probably find even to wooaboos. I think I would for wooaboos. Oh my god! Because like, you know, it's something that it's his first American movie in like twenty years. Um, and I think um, if you're a John Woo fan like myself, you'll find you'll find enough to like about this movie. Um, it's just it's just frustrating when you see like the bones of a good movie in there. And you're like, if I just tweak this, this, that, and the other, we got something really good. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll have to say no for your average moviegoer. Go watch Hard Boiled instead. <laughs> it's great. I have one friend I would recommend this to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. They like um, action and like silly stuff like that. So one person. No. Okay. I recommended this too. I was like, I saw this awful movie. It's called Silent Night. Ninety minutes, no dialogue, all action. Oh, this sounds like my kind of movie. Yeah. And then they're like, that movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Your friend might say that too, Haley. They will, but they'll be like, I loved it. It sucked. <laughs> but it's, it doesn't cross that threshold of so bad it's good. No, it doesn't. No. But I feel like if I know my friend, they'll like. Oh my god! I, I will say, even with like wooaboos, like we all know that John Woo has like some bad movies. It's usually like hit, flop, 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 hit, flop, flop, flop. So this is one of the flops. Can't say I'm surprised. That's why there was yeah, a waltz in that or a dance or whatever. Got to get the. I suppose, yeah. I just don't understand the scene. I don't know. It's weird. I fast forward it. So you would not recommend it, Ali? No, I wouldn't recommend it either. I think, okay, wait, actually, I'm going to... God damn it, Aaron. Sorry, I ruined Christmas, everyone. No, you didn't. I'm I wanted gonna... <laughs> rare exports. I want to mention this. Santa. I think they could use parts of this in class to show, like, what? I think it's a, an exercise. I think yeah. you could take, like, not we lo- there were some stuff that really worked. Um, that bullet transition was cool, but yeah. not that they need to take that class. But for the show and not tell, there's some stuff they could take to show an example. Be like, this is what you could do in class. I think there's some the good bones like you were saying yeah I agree. the skeleton is there it's just an execution i feel like someone else could have done a better job with it hmm. possibly like everything we just discussed <laughs> lean into the grief you know lean into whatever whatever else lean into talk. the isolation yeah isolation grief there's a story to be told there but instead we, we took the easy route of like revenge movie. Oh, the bad guys are bad. Why? Because they're bad. And it's like we could have done so much more with this missed opportunity. It's a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. And John Woo is laughing to the bank. <laughs> I don't think he's making a ton of money off this. If he is, God bless him. He made enough. He got paid. <laughs> he he's he's had enough of a career. Let him have some fun. Some weird side projects. You want a movie? All right. I'll, what if he was just trolling? <laughs> you want a movie, huh? Here you go. No, I don't. He I don't made think he's it that. shitty on purpose. No, I don't think he's that kind I of guy. I think there's too much trying. Maybe there was too much trying. <laughs> there's plenty of sequences where I'm like, this is actually pretty good, and then it was mostly littered with like mediocre movie I could have got from Redbox. This is like a Redbox. You made us watch a Redbox movie, Aaron. 
Yeah, but I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, because the <laughs> cover was photoshopped really nice. It was mm-hmm. put together. The um the video, whatever that's called, the teaser was good. The trailer. Yeah. Well, the trailer is meant to be good. Mm-hmm. Still like, oh, I'm going to spend money. Ah, I got bait and switched. Oh, I'm getting our casino ads. <laughs> Someone's a bit of a Grinch this year. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was a waste of time. No. Um, but also I'm like... I knew what to expect with John Woo's style, and I saw a lot of that in there. But then it just made me think of The Killer and Hard Boiled and You better thought tomorrow. of better movies, yeah. <laughs> as did I. I was yeah. watching this. I'm like, I could be watching better things right now. Yeah. Um, to your point, Allie, like, uh, yeah, if you're a film student or no one, uh, send this to them because it'd be a great exercise to see, like, how do we do visual storytelling and what doesn't work? And <laughs> what? Aww. how would you fix this? Because I, yeah. um, I think you get... A lot of different answers. Yeah, I think this is actually a good way to spark creativity. Like, we we had a lot of cool ideas to come from it. Yes. I'm at least thankful that this is not some, like, the usual Hollywood franchise crap. Like, even if it wasn't a great execution, I'm at least thankful that it's, like, something different. Fast 11. Yeah. Yeah. John Wick 7. Yeah. Even John Wick started to overstay its welcome, you know? Yeah, after the second one. Yeah. After the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Even Taken. Taken 1 was amazing. And then the rest of them was like, oh, what the fuck? How many times can I get taken? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Liam Neeson was taken this time. (laughs) Put a tile on them. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm glad it it elicited a great discussion between us. (laughs) Yeah. I enjoyed it. Well, at least next year we have... uh, Violent Night 2 to look forward to, Allie. I'll I'll watch both. You'll watch both. Yes. Or reconvene. But this was a lot of fun. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. The festivities will continue. Woo! Next week, we're going to do a trivia game. Oh. Oh, my God. But until then, yeah, I know, so far away. (laughs) Until then, Aaron, where can people find you? Uh, at Aaron Julian on Instagram. Oh my god! The Instagram I never use. The Grum. Yeah, he's on the IG. Uh, and I've got a Star Wars podcast. Uh, we just turned seven years old. Congratulations! Thank you. I did the original album artwork. You did. I did the, the, the punk rock number. Punk rock, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Uh, so Very go check cringe. them out uh, at WSTR Media. Uh, WSTR Galactic Public Access, a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ali. Do you want people to find you anywhere? Are you off the grid still? Um, I'm almost off the grid. Almost off. So currently right now, um, I wrote a tiny little poetry book. Um, I'm getting the proof in soon. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I um Amazing. I've been doing lino cut lately, so I lino cutted the um the cover and Fuck. I've designed a little bit inside, not all my art, but it's something I love. I think I'm gonna I self published it, so once that's out, I'm working on like a little hub website. Um uh, under like a little brand and um yeah i've been designing again i can be found uh, i like juice boxes on twitter and i might come back to i might come back to the gram i've been thinking about oh, it come back i do have a bug called crazy that's my instagram i use it's my cat robin so you can oh. find me there too come see robin she's so cute that's my life right now <laughs> amazing i'm so glad that you're back on the internet yes i'm getting there i'll be back soon we are so back we are so <laughs> back everyone until then, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Bye, everybody. Okay. That's 
it for this time on The Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Keep the conversation going by adding us on Instagram and letterboxed at Syndicate. Or join the Discord server where you can catch Armand along other podcasters and listeners at syndicate.com slash discord. And until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye.